you ever have trouble sleeping the night before an exam or a big trip or when you're starting a new job? You know, your stomach kind of churns a bit and your head swirls with plans on how to combat all the unknown possibilities you're about to face. We go over mental checklists and we envision different scenarios, but it's impossible to make a plan. I mean, when so much is unknown. Instead of counting sheep, one finds themselves counting question marks. Sleep only comes when total exhaustion is achieved. It seems to be part and parcel with this new normal that they like to talk about during these times. We find ourselves, well, in a situation where we're not just facing a new job or a new city. All we're facing is just maybe a new day. If you think about these things, well, grab a stump, help yourself to a coffee. Let's talk about this new normal at the fire of the enemy patrol. You have found the frequency of the enemy patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. Alright, welcome to the fire of the anime patrol. I am the Anomic Ranger, your very own reality scout. And as your scout, I give you information that you can use as you move ahead in this adventure called life. And since you're the general in your own campaign, in your own life, it's you that makes the ultimate decisions about things. Your humble reality scout just gives you the lay of the land, so to speak. So you can use my reports, or don't. I just tell you what I see. If you want to know a little bit more about the Anomic Ranger and Anime Patrol, well, I have a website. You can go and take a look at anomicranger.com. If you want to send me an email, you can do so on the contact portion of the website. Or you can send me an email direct to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. Don't be shy. If you like what I write or podcast, well, then give me a good rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and comment. But most importantly, share with a friend. Maybe you listen to this and you know just the person that might need a reality scout. Anyway, uh, I've called this season one of the Anime Patrol. And in season one, I roughly break these little talks around the fire into three sections. Season one, I've called Scouting the Decline. Maybe I said that already. That's another thing you're going to learn when you listen to the Anime Patrol is, is uh, I hate editing. So if I make a mistake like that and say something twice or cough or whatever, you get it all. But anyway, so I break these up into three different. The Veneration of the Normal Man... And then we look at lies found in our society, and I usually do one lie at a time, call it the lie of the day. And then I give you maybe some practical steps to increase your personal agency and help you think a little more independently, or at least think differently. Yes, today we're going to be talking about, oh, before I get into it here, um, 
I just wanted to say that, yes, I have solved my sound issues. The last episode was much better as far as the music goes. Like you've probably already suspected, I'm a bit of a technological curmudgeon since I don't like editing. So I do this analog. I, I have a Rode Procaster, so it's all the sliders and, and faders and buttons and all that. I do it analog. So anyway, I have solved these sound issues, I hope. But uh, this is a really busy time for me. So as far as my scheduling goes, now that's out of whack. Um, if you've been following along, I try and put something out once a week. So one week I publish something on, on a blogcast, blogcast, publish something on my blog, and then um, the next week then I put out a podcast. So these podcasts come out roughly every two weeks. I say roughly because I've been a few days late a few times, you know, I... I uh, have all my notes done and I'm ready to record and it just, I run out of time or I record and I don't get it posted or something. But anyway, like I said, it's this, it's a busy time of the year. Um, it's we're in the middle of summer and yes, the Anomic Ranger has a small farm, so there's lots of work to do and I try and get to this. I do enjoy talking to you around the fire here, but um, just to let you know that Maybe sometimes I'm going to be some time out, either hours or days on, on schedule. But I thought this one was timely. I'm going to try and get it out because this whole thing, the way this whole COVID and all this stuff leading up to the American election and the whole world. And I, I, I haven't, I really hate trying. There's so many people that have put out stuff, you know, they put out stuff on the latest politics, the latest thing that this person said and the latest thing that come out on the news and I really hate doing that. So I try and take a much more of a bird's eye view of everything. But the way this is going, I wrote back in March and I forget which uh, blog post that was, but I wrote back in March and it didn't get published until May. And the idea was is that that was when the whole, when this whole Wuhan flu thing got going and I thought I would, I would uh, write something down how I thought it was going to go and then it would be published later and I'd see how close I was. Now, there were some things I, I got really, really close on. Other things, like I figured this thing would be gone by now. I figured it would be out of the news and it was just, it was maybe a bit of a flash in the pan, but by golly, it just seems to be hanging on. They just seem determined they're going to keep this going and that spooks me a little. This is just not, I mean, this thing, I mean, yes, it's a disease. I don't think it's a hoax or anything, but it just seems like they want to just keep whipping the horse and uh, make it run faster. And um, I'm not sure about it. So we're going to talk about this a little bit. You know, I'm so I'm trying something out a little bit different here at Anime Patrol. I d usually I to pick a topic, something I want to talk about, and then I do some research on it, and I do some reading and some thinking about it, and and then I sit down and do these. This one is a little bit more off the cuff. I do have some notes because I, I mean they're pretty rough, but I hate getting lost in uh, my thought. I might sound like Joe Biden or something, so I do write down a few notes, and. Um, <clears throat> And this one is a little bit more of a mental exercise. This isn't something that you can just sit down and research and, and just dish out the straight goods because 
this is going on as we speak. And <clears throat> there's also the danger, <clears throat> excuse me, this is also the danger that you can go on and on about survival and prep stuff and all that kind of thing. And I'm not going to get into that too deep. Um, I may do some of that. Um, and you're going to love the practical steps today. There'll be some people maybe think that uh, old Ranger's lost his mind. But anyway, mostly what we're going to concentrate on here is it's not necessarily about finding answers. It's more about asking the right questions. And as we do the veneration of the normal man, I'm going to talk about what it's like to be normal. And I got seven things that a normal man must do because right now to be normal is to be unsure and confused and a little, maybe a little scared i think this has been done intentionally i think a lot of the people with the plan who are the people with the plan well you can go read my last blog post and i did a little um, talk or a little uh, i did a little write-up on who they are they in quotation marks and um so you can go and read that at anomicranger.com if you want to see who the they are or the people with the plan. And they have pumped a lot of money and a lot of time. I mean, this has been being worked on, I think, for a long time with Black Lives Matter and Antifa and, 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 and then hyping this, what's essentially a flu, into some planet killer that, that they just, they got everybody at each other's, other's throats over it. So let's go to work here at the fire of the enemy patrol and let's see if we can filter out a little bit of the unnecessary noise in this whole thing. talking about a normal man if um you've never heard anybody talk about like that nobody likes to use that word man anymore because well you'll soon find out that uh, ranger as a scout is not very politically correct i don't go with that so but when i talk about man i'm not talking about man as in a gender or a sex but man as in the root part of mankind it includes both men and women so when I use man, I'm talking about mankind. So the normal man. So like I said, I got seven things here. Number one is a normal man must learn to live in the abnormal. Now this is something that maybe we've never really thought about before because normal used to be normal and most people were abnormal or most people were normal, but the abnormal were always on the fringes. But now it seems like the fringes are trying to take over. There are some very abnormal people out there and they have some extremely abnormal ideas. Abnormal to, from what we're used to, like Antifa, I mean, they're, they're communists. So is Black Lives Matter. They've disguised it all as, well, the one Antifa they've disguised it as they're fighting fascism. I'm not sure where fascism is, but in their mind, any, anybody who's not communist is a fascist, so they need to be punched in the face. As far as Black Lives Matter, they've basically taken Marxism or a new form of Marxism, neo-Marxism, and they've clothed it in the whole race issue, which 
You know, anybody that does some reading about that knows that they've been working on that since about the 1950s. That was where the Marxists decided to push in North America was they saw the whole race thing and they decided that was a weak point and they were just going to work it and work it and work it. It's like driving a wedge in. They've been driving that wedge now for years and years and generations. And I think they've decided to do the final blow and see if they can't split everybody apart. Kind of sad, really. And this puts the world upside down. It really has gone upside down. Stuff that used to be ludicrous and ridiculous has now become the norm. Good becomes evil. Evil becomes good. It's all gone upside down. And you know, to anybody that uh, reads the Bible, that was predicted. When good becomes evil and evil becomes good. And it's happened before. So I think it's important to remember that because as we go through this, I don't, I don't actually get in there and preach. But you're going to find as we talk here, you're going to wish that there was some foundation, that there was something that doesn't move, something that you could, you know, grind your foot down on, have something solid underneath it, something that's not going to move, something that you can push on that you know is the truth and then you work from there because the world is gaslighting terribly right now they are trying to make you think if you think that men are different from women and and you think that the races or different cultures are not exactly the same maybe they have maybe you believe that they are which i do like everybody is a everybody's a child of god type thing that's fine, but to say that all cultures and all ideas are all exactly the same, well, that's insane. It just doesn't work that way. So as we're going through this, you're going to find that you're going to wish that you had something pushed down on. So I just want to encourage that when you're looking for that foundation, if you want to look what is good and what is evil, it can be found there. So... Let's keep going here. If you think about it and read history, read stories uh, about people that were in prison camps, those that had a deep belief, they stayed sane. Even though they were suffering horribly and, and it seemed like the whole world was, was done with them and the whole idea was to make them suffer as much as they could before they died. Those with deep beliefs and deep faiths stayed more sane. If you look at uh, soldiers and prisoners of war as well, and prisoners in general, those who accepted that they were already dead and just carried on did better. In other words, those that accepted the truth of their situation, even if they were planning on hoping to maybe do an escape attempt or something, they didn't. They weren't burdened with the idea that if they died, it, it was unthinkable. They just accepted that they probably would die and then did the best they could. They also come out of it better than most. So locking onto a faith in God and studying the Bible will give you a foundation and a, probably a necessary foundation for what we got coming because the way the, the world is going and the way they're pushing this, uh, 
I've never seen it in my lifetime. Something like this that they have pushed for this hard and this long that looks as ludicrous as this does. I mean, when you think about it, the whole idea of what they're pushing with this Wuhan flu, I mean, it it's ridiculous. But they are not giving up. So, yes, a normal man is going to have to learn how to live in an abnormal world. So that's number one. Number two, a normal man must give up normal expectations. Now, I kind of touched on that a little bit with uh, soldiers and stuff that just accepted the fact that they were probably going to die but did the best job they could up until then. Anyway, that's kind of giving up normal expectations. But if you think about it, this entire society has fought and bled many times to give normal people an expectation that they could live out a normal life. You know, a life that there's no crime, where there's jobs to do, where there's food to eat, where there's, you know, just uh, normal expectations of, of life sustenance. Well, that's gone now. That is dying um, a very slow death in our culture. And I'm not sure why it's not, why there isn't... Um, uh, people that are willing to stand up and, and fight. But for some reason, the guts and the soul has gone out of the normal people because if they fight, well, then that means they're racist and they would rather let it all go than to be looked at as racist. And I think there's a lot of people just hoping that if they just keep their heads down, that somewhere along the way, the ship is going to right itself and it's going to steer away from the rocks. And I don't think it's going to. I think we're going to hit the rocks. So you need to reassess and recalibrate your expectations in life. Expecting to just have a job to work and be able to just come home to your spouse and kids, maybe grab a cold beverage and a snack, maybe spend a little free time pursuing an amusement. It's gone. Now, you, you might get it. And, and if you do, that's great. I mean, if, if in your situation you get it, then, then enjoy it and, and be thankful for it. But you can't expect it anymore. I mean, it'll depend where you live. It'll depend on the economy. It'll depend on, on who, how, where you're living, like uh, as far as like how many of these revolutionary agitators there are. So t in order to get rid of some of the stress, you just can't expect to get the normal, quote-unquote, normal life that you, you think you should get. you got to realize that the new normal may mean your life is now fraught with fear and danger and the constant, constant, constant unknown. And that is really where the fear is rolling in. I don't think anybody is actually really afraid of this virus. What they're afraid of is how it's going to affect their life. They're afraid of how it's going to affect their relationships. They're afraid of how it's going to affect their job. And right now they've got everybody doing whatever they tell them to do. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, social distance. Oh, it's okay to not social distance if you're going to go out and burn the city down uh, for quote-unquote race relations. That's fine, but then as soon as that's done, well, then, oh, we, then we got to lock down some more. So 
it would almost be better if you actually had to pick up a weapon and fight, or you had to run for your life from some monster. I mean, then, then it's concrete. It's in front of you. Uh, the expectation is right there. You know, do X, Y, Z. But what is working in everybody's sanity is this gnawing, unknown terror mixed with total boredom of having no, having no clue what's going on. I mean, it's like you're on edge, but you don't know what's going on. And that is pretty much where everybody's sitting right now. So letting go of these old expectations, don't think that you're going to get anything. Just realize that your life could go upside down at any minute and just expect that. You know, I think there's going to be, you know, there's going to come a time when uh, people are going to look back and, and look at the way life used to be, say, oh, even 20 years ago, and, and this whole idea of humdrum, you know, get up in the morning, turn off your alarm, use the bathroom, go to work, work a job, come home, routine, humdrum, my life is so boring. I think there's coming a time here really quick where people are going to look back on that with nostalgia. So lowering your expectations of a normal life is going to help sharpen your mind a little bit. We're, we're going we're gonna to get into this a little bit more when I, we get to the next section on lies found in society. But for right now, that's what you got to do. Give up your normal expectations. Okay, number three. On to number three. A normal man has to learn to walk around the abnormal whenever he can. You know, I've wasted precious time in my life arguing with idiots. People that are, you know, so twisted up in their own delusions that they were deaf to anything that even come close to the truth. Don't waste your time. Now, I'm not talking about here a difference of opinion and, and having a discussion or even an argument about foundational things. Um, that's fine. People used to talk and argue and still were even able to be friends. But it seems like as we've become more abnormal in this culture, it's become more dangerous and everybody is more, more and more polarized. And they have identified with whatever it is is making them nuts. And so now it's not a case of two people have different opinions. They're both pointing at one another and considering themselves good and the other evil. This is, this is a bad thing. I remember I used to have a friend who, uh, well, he was basically in his mind, he was a communist. He really believed in communism. This was, <clears throat> this was back, back in the eighties. It was before the Berlin wall came down. So he had lots of room to argue because, well, nobody was exactly sure what was on the other side, anything that you could find printed on it. Of course, my communist friend could just say, oh, well, that's just, that's American propaganda. That's all that is. Then after the wall come down, it turns out it wasn't propaganda. It was probably 90% true. But anyway, the point is, is that I could argue back and forth and we were still, I mean, we weren't close friends, but we were still acquaintances. We didn't hate each other. But like I said, I think that's, that's going to go away. You're going to have to learn to walk around the abnormal. Stay out of the fight as much as you can. And if you do enter the fight, well, then enter to win. 
no, and I'm not talking argument here. I mean, if you end up having to fight, then fight as good as you can, and it's best not to go alone. I think you have to realize that most of these poor people are delusional and twisted pawns of a bigger game. It helps if you look at them that way. It's not really the person inside. They've been all twisted up by just the way the world has gone in the last little while, especially when you look at the younger people. You know, I look at those, you know, those poor kids out there with their purple hair and they're waving around signs with tattoos all over their skinny arms and shouting about how the world is gone evil and they're going to put it right. And I just look at them, I go, you poor, poor, poor delusional children. And it doesn't really matter, even if you enter the fray, even if you get in there on those street riots and you get into a big punch-up and everything, even if you win the fight at that level, you're not winning anything. You, you might win a battle, but it's not going to prove that your truth is better. Truth is truth. Whether you can punch somebody in the nose is irrelevant. And that's something that the other, these, these poor lefties could learn is just because you can get in there and throw rocks at a policeman and not get shot doesn't mean that you're winning anything. At least you personally aren't winning anything. So anyway, a normal man has to learn how to walk around the abnormal as much as you can. Just keep your head down and just walk around it. If you have to get into it and it's time to get into it and you actually can see a fight that actually is going to make a difference, then get in there and give it your all. Don't just stand back and shout epithets at people. All right, let's move on. Number four. A normal man is a prepper survivalist to a degree. They say preppers now. When I first started looking into it, they called them survivalists. Anyway, I look at it as just independence. And it's a good thing. A little bit to be a little bit uh, independent is a good thing when it comes to food, water, protecting yourself, first aid, all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're living on delivered food, like you've got no food in the house and you're relying on being able to pick up the phone and ordering grub to your house, um, you are hours away from being very hungry. So having, you know, some extra food in your house and as the start of this whole thing showed us, maybe an extra package or two of toilet paper might not hurt. So to be normal, I think, is you're going to have to learn how to think a little more independently. Just think of all the things that you might need and stock up. Now, I'm not talking about going crazy and some people go crazy with it. I mean, I've had discussions with people and they go around and around and around. We need so much food and so many guns and this much ammunition and this much first aid supplies and you need a thousand rounds for every gun. And, oh yeah, and then then the cars are all going to go and there won't be any tractors and we're going to need horse-drawn equipment and and where can a person buy, you know, horse harnesses and and horse-drawn equipment. I mean, it's too far. That's too far ahead. I mean, you could even have that. You could have harnesses and horse-drawn equipment and you could even have the horses. But let me tell you, it, it would take a lifetime to learn how to, how to drive a horse and use that equipment. I mean, that's something that's going to have to almost be darn near reinvented because there's not many folks around who know how to do that. There's a few, but that's all you would do. Is that would be your main hobby is learning how to, how to work draft animals. 
So don't take it too far, but there's nothing wrong with having enough extra supplies so you could ride out a few weeks until you can scratch yourself out another plan. More importantly on this idea of being a prepper or being a survivalist or having more independence is finding your tribe, finding the people that are around you. That is more important. The normal people are going to have to learn how to not only stick together, but work together. Start that as soon as you can. Start this independence thing as soon as you can. Don't go overboard. Like I said, do some minimum preparation. And part of this preparation too, I might just throw this one in there too. Learning to live with less is probably as important as stockpiling extra. Because learning to live with less, having that skill of learning to live with less could become very important. Stay tuned for this more in the last section we have in the practical steps. All right, moving right along past the normal man prepping is now on to number five. A normal man shouldn't try to plan too far ahead. Notice I use the word should. Because this one is worry is a soul drainer and everybody tends to fall into that trap. Trying to anticipate your whole life, three moves ahead. And imagining what your future is going to be is not a good thing to do. Now, notice I said, I said, imagine. I'm not talking about dreaming here. I'm not talking about, oh, someday I hope to own my own home or, oh, someday I hope to have my own business. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually anticipation. Okay. Trying to find you know, the, like anticipate a scenario and work through everything you'll need for that scenario and where you got to be. And then problem with that whole thing is you might know exactly or think you know exactly what's going to happen. And then suddenly you're going to get T-boned from your blind side and it's going to just throw you. And besides, it's worrying and trying to anticipate something that you have no idea is, it's just useless. It just drains you. It just, it just fills you with, fear and anxiety. You know, Jesus said sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's King James talk for each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I've read the Bible and heard the Bible read to me all my life and a lot of other old writings too. And they're only now a lot of them beginning to make more sense as the world goes topsy turvy and the concept of normal goes right out the window. That verse means or says more to me now than it ever has before. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Learning to live within the day and doing what you have to do for that day is important. Now, when I used to hear that, I used to think, oh, I mean, come on, everybody has to plan. I mean, you put money in the bank, you don't just, you know, you don't eat your garden seeds, you plan on putting them in the garden. If you boiled up all your corn seed for one meal, well, that'd be, that's just being short-sighted. But now I understand a little bit better now as life starts to go topsy-turvy and everything that you thought was normal is suddenly went out the window and you have no idea what's coming. It's better to live each day in its own, plan for what you can, but there's no point in worrying turns out maybe that us moderns don't get some of the older writings. I mean, even some of the old sayings now begin to make a little more sense and they might start to make more sense as this keeps going. Might not hurt to maybe 
dig into some of those old writings and those old books as we become less spoiled as life starts to beat us up alongside the head a little bit more. All right, moving along to number six. A normal man has responsibilities. Now, if you think about it, most of these responsibilities are about people. I know all about careers and jobs and everything. 90% of careers and jobs is about creating wealth to share with other people. Uh, you know, there's, been, there's been so much garbage written about careers and young people are thinking, oh, I want a career doing this and I want a career doing that. It'll be so exciting. And, you know, like, like work at something you love and you'll never work another day in your life. Yeah, that's all bunk. Uh, even something that's really interesting or exciting after you do it enough times, it, you're just working the job just, just because it's a good way to make money. And the reason that you make money is because there are people around you that often need it. Those that rely on you. I mean, there are some people who create just to create. I mean, I mean, you look at an artist or a musician or something that obviously they, you know, they talk about the starving artist. I mean, they're creating something just because it's in their soul. They have to have to create. But you have to be careful that jobs and careers don't become bubbles that generate their own false sense of importance. I mean, some jobs are a real service. Like if you know, if your dream was to be a fireman or a policeman or doctor or something like that. I mean, that's a real service and it's a necessary one. But I think we have to be careful of these bubbles. I think we're seeing a little bit of that as we're seeing professional people are being trained to react. You know, no modesty anymore about that. It's like, oh, the, the, the media will pick up and it's like, oh, the nurses are heroes and the doctors are heroes right up until they start making too many TikTok videos and start looking ridiculous because the hospitals are all empty. And then suddenly, well, gee, making these people out to be heroes. Not, so then they pick the next one. I think the next one coming down the pipe is going to be the teachers because the teachers are standing up and saying, no, we will not go back to school because the, the COVIDs and the, and the Wuhans and all that stuff. But anyway, I, I think we have to be careful of this job, career bubble. And some of the stuff that it generates realize it's the people that we're responsible to they're our spouses our lovers our parents our children our siblings etc and i'm thinking that blood is about to become much thicker than water remember i, meant, I talked earlier about some of the old sayings start, are going to start to become more important well here's one of them blood's going to be thicker than water in other words if you have a family and you were able to get along with them at all and you can slightly work together that is suddenly going to be a huge, huge strength. More than it has been up till now. Now, maybe you don't have family. Well, you're going to need a group. You're going to need to have people around you. And just remember how families work. It's not that everybody likes each other. A family essentially is... There's ties there because it's family, but it generally works down to shared rules that has a hierarchy. In other words, there's usually somebody in the family that kind of runs things and everybody just kind of agrees on that and away you go from there and you work through all your problems. So if you're going to get in with a group and it's going to be successful, then that's the way it's going to have to work. And I think people are going to have to learn to quit messing with success. I mean, families have worked for thousands and thousands and thousands of years by certain rules because 
it was there were good rules and it was a good system. So shared rules within a hierarchy is a good way to do things. You know, it won't necessarily be fair. Maybe it won't be equitable. It might not be well reasoned out, but it works. So, you know, you're seeing this. I'm going to go down just uh, just a bit of a rabbit trail here. You know, talking about fair and equitable, and there's all this stuff out there about race, and there's all this stuff out there about gender and sexuality, and you know, they're going to make sure that um, that um, every group, every industry, every just they they have all the right. They check all the right boxes as far as their skin color and all that. <laughs> and then it's gotten to the point talking about upside down world. <laughs> it's gotten to the point now where, uh, who was it put it out? I think it was the Smithsonian Institute put out that all the stuff of talking about how bad whiteness is. And, and one of the things that was listed as whiteness was science, science. And it's true. I mean, the, the Western civilization, which is predominantly white, but you can be any color you want in Western civilization, but yes, it's predominantly made up of, of people from Europe have dominated the whole, you know, science technology for, for a long time and has made many of the inroads that we see in, in the modern world. And now these people are standing around and they're actually questioning, you know, gee, that's, that's awfully white. I don't know. So, now they're saying something like physics. So, okay, so if you're going to have a team and they're going to design a bridge, they're not going to worry about who the best physicists or the metallurgists or, or the ones who know how to pour concrete. No, no, it's going to be about gender and color and sexuality. I, I don't know if I would want to cross a bridge that, was, that somebody actually believed that you could throw out the laws of physics and bring in bring in science from, well, that science is too white. We need, we need some blacker science or maybe some browner science and, and come up with something different. I mean, anyway, talk about uh, going nuts. That's crazy. That is craziness. Anyway, off the rabbit trail. Just thought I'd mention that. The bottom line is to this whole thing, talking about a normal man has responsibilities and talking about family and talking about uh, groups of friends that have to work almost like a family. The bottom line is, is your responsibilities do not include making other people happy. And this is a part of major, a major part of stress. Take for instance, you have a, you have a, a, a marriage and, and the world is, you know, going out the window and jobs are, are um, up in the air and money maybe will go out the window I mean, there's a good chance that we could end up in, in uh, some hyperinflation coming up here. And you worry that, well, you can't, you're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to have the same resources that you had when you met your spouse and, and things like that. It, a person has to remember that your responsibility doesn't include making that other person happy everybody's going to have to learn to see the world for what it is and how it's going and where it's going. Anyway, let's move along. The last one is number seven. A normal man has to learn to be resilient. Now that might be a word you might want to look up. What does it mean to be resilient? Constant change. 
is going to become, I think, very prominent in the near future. It's going to become the normal. So you're going to have to be able to change and shift and maneuver and be tough while you're doing it and concentrate only on the most important and timely issues. You're not going to be able to spend a lot of time laboring on the frills of anything. You're going to have to just decide what needs to be done and do it and learn to put a smile on your face while you do it. You have to learn to limit your consumption of news. I would say that be as far as becoming resilient, just try and get off the, especially the mainstream news, the media, because it's almost designed to drive you nuts. I mean, it's all about sensationalism. So use your eyes as much as you can in the real world. Um, not others opinions, unless it's somebody who, you know, someone you trust that had their eyeballs right on the situation and stay away from the virtual as much as possible. And I don't care which side you're talking about because you can find everything. You, you can go one, one side you go to the left say, and you can see all this stuff and oh, and Trump's going to do this and Trump's going to do that. And then you go to the other side and, and, and they say, oh, the, you know, the communists are going to take over and, and shoot everybody. And it just, just, it maybe either one could be true. Use your eyes as much as you can. There's so much information out there that is just sensationalism uh, on both the left and right. You're going to have to learn how to extract yourself from that. And that will make you more resilient right off the top. Um, practice finding consent where you can. And that's going to be coming up here in some practical steps. Um, consent, is that the right word? Practice finding the middle ground with anybody that you can on the, on the other side of any debate. Um, it'll help make the world a little bit better and it'll give you a good skill. I, I've got, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in practical steps. So that's where we find ourselves and we're getting close here to looking at the lie of the day. I'll just run through those again. A normal man must learn to live in the abnormal. A normal man must give up normal expectations. A normal man must learn to walk around the abnormal whenever he can. A normal man has to learn to be a bit of a prepper survivalist to a degree. A normal man shouldn't try to plan too far ahead. A normal man has responsibilities. And a normal man must learn to be resilient. Now it's time to move along. Time to look at a lie that is working against your equi equilib equilibrium during these times. Look at a lie that has made you less resilient, that has made you a little bit crazy. Okay, lies found in society, and this is the lie of the day, and here it is. Are you ready for it? The lie is you deserve to have life unfold the way that you want it to. Now, this is a very subtle lie. If you actually went to anybody, 
that maybe even told you that or kind of told you that and you said is this what you meant you mean that i actually deserve to have my life unfold exactly the way i wanted to they would say oh no 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 that's that's not not really what i was saying and yet you find this basic lie at the foundation of every self-help, every empowering talk, all the positivity, a bunch of woo-woo spirituality, on books and articles and motivational speeches. If you actually boil it all down, if you just get down, what, 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 what's this person telling me? Well, they're telling you that you deserve to have a life that is just exactly the way you want it. You just have to imagine it. You have to believe in it. You have to work toward it. Yada, 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 yada. Sorry. But it's a lie, and, it, and it's a sweet lie. It's a nice lie, because they can even dress it up with, well, you got to put everything into it. You got to go at it 24 hours. You got to do this. You got to talk to the universe, and you got to bounce it so that it bounces back, and you got to use all positive words, and you need the right vibrations. And But at the bottom of it is you can have what you want, because you deserve it. Yeah. You know what? Life doesn't work out that way. You can play by all the rules you can think you're doing everything right you can work on your vibrations and all that stuff and life will come at you sideways and it'll just smoke you you know you talk to people talk to somebody who's been in a horrible accident and in a wheelchair some just been told that they have a disease and they're not going to live very long or just lost somebody that they loved or it there there is no guarantees to life Life is what is handed to us. It's what comes down the pipe. It's what we meet on the road of this adventure. It's not what we can try and dream up in our head and somehow use some kind of energy to force it. I mean, the word deserve, the very word deserve. Do you really deserve anything? Is, any, is anything owed to you by who? By God? By the universe? By your own hard work or, or, or your sparkling personality? You don't deserve anything. If you get something, then that's great. It's that's why it's good to learn to be to learn to be thankful for things. You know, there used to be an old song, Oh, the world owes me a living. Yeah, well now it's been changed to, you know, oh the world doesn't just owe me a living, the world owes me success and fame and fortune. No, no, and we've got a now we've got a whole generation, and, and you know, and they're within spitting distance of forty years old already, and and they were raised on this stuff. I go into that a little bit in uh, season one, episode seven, about talking about the millennials. They were raised on this whole lie. They were told, well, if you study hard and you get good grades and then get to a good college, you'll get a good job and you'll get success. And it it didn't work. And there's a lot of very bitter people out there because it didn't work. So again, I talked about it before, managing your expectations is a key to mental clarity. Life is going to unfold. Meet the adventure that life is. Take it as it comes. And you don't know how important that is going to become as this whole thing keeps going sideways. It's going to become very very important you know there's a saying or maybe it's a joke I don't know do you know how to make God laugh just tell him your plans
All right, we are at the last section, and then this is where I give some practical steps. How's our time doing? Yeah, I got some time here. I try and keep these right around an hour. If I go a little over, well, hey, just means I got to throw a little more wood on the fire, doesn't it? Anyway, as I always start these out, I started out with this little diatribe. Turn that boob tube off and get outside. Do something. Go get the stink blowed off you. You won't learn nothing watching that thing. This keeps up. We're going to have a country full of people with wide, soft asses and even softer heads. Yes, I heard that little diatribe when I was growing up. That was what I was told when it was time to turn the TV off and get outside and do something. And that's exactly what I like to do for these practical steps. Tell people to exercise, tell them to walk, go lift something heavy, build something, grow something, explore. <sighs> Spend time in reality. Be in the real world. Stay away from the news. Give yourself a break from all that stuff. You know, the news is is, is such a thing. It's like I, I don't even hardly watch mainstream news. I, I go on the internet once in a while and I, I have some things that I kind of go through and look at just to give myself an idea and see if the world is blown up yet. And... Um, that's bad enough when I'm forced by because I'm standing somewhere or I'm at somebody's house where the news is going. I can't stand that stuff. That mainstream news. It is. Oh, you know, I, I remember years ago, um, was we lived in a different place then, but it was out in the country and we had wildfires in this area and there was a huge fire and it was be rolling in our general, like general direction. And it was like, our yard is full of smoke. There's ash raining down. I mean, I mean, big chunks of ash. I don't mean like a little bit of powder sifting down. I mean, there was stuff falling out of the sky that was, was pretty scary. Anyway, the, the sun was dark. It, it was like, it was almost like it was coming onto night, even though it was middle of the afternoon. And I was desperate to know, like, is the fire headed right toward me? And they were, they were telling everybody had to evacuate. Everybody had to evacuate. But um, I have a background in firefighting. I lived right beside a lake. I had a pump and a lot of hose. And there was no way I was going to be evacuated. I would evacuate myself into the lake with a boat before I was going to just leave my place. Because lots of times... A fire can completely miss a place, uh, but because there's sparks raining down, if there'd have been somebody even there with a bucket of water, you'd have been able to save your place. But anyway, <clears throat> that was my view at the time. And I was desperate to know, like, okay, is, is the fire headed in my direction? So, you know, I tried I tried phoning the government. I tried phoning the, the Forest Service, and they had no clue. Um, I listened to the news, and... They were worse because, I mean, as far as they were concerned, I was already burnt. So the news doesn't help anything. Um, in fact, it's a detriment to making any plans, so don't even bother. Anyway, I got off on a rabbit trail there again. So anyway, I give these exercises, and I've given such exercises, and, and how are those going? Some of those, um, some of them that I had was was um, growing a plant just to see something grow. But mostly it's about just doing anything. Getting out, lifting heavy things, going for long walks, exploring new areas, things like that. Finding some nature. Go 
out and look at a tree. Go sit beside some water. Get, get in the real world. But anyway, I got, I got three things here now. And I've talked a little bit about them, and so I've decided to put them in the practical steps. One of them is make a list of your tribe. I talked about tribe and, and the people around you, and I'm not talking about a dream team. I'm not sitting, I'm not saying sit down and go, well, I'd want Rambo, and I'd want... No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that you know, that you know you can count on. And maybe people that you could add to. Like, well, if one of us, if I'm, I'm pretty good at this and that person's pretty good at that, and the two of us together, well, we'd be really good at X, Y, Z. I'm talking about that. And not only that, but people that you're within walking distance to, or at least a very short drive. I'm not talking about your cousin Elmo who has a farm 100 miles away. You might not, unless you're going to pack up right now and go see Elmo and live with him. Uh, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about people that are directly in your neighborhood, directly around you. After you make that list, take a look at it. Is, is it embarrassingly short? Like one or none? Well, you better work on that. You better w work at looking at the people around you. Look for good character more than somebody who, you know, might know how to fight with nunchucks or, or something like that. Get to know the people around you and don't be too discriminating. I mean, that grumpy old man that lives next door that you can't stand because he bangs on the wall when you play your music too loud, he might be a retired doctor. So it might be good, might be good to put a little effort into getting along with all the people that are directly around you. You know, Americans especially, and I think probably other places in the world, they make fun of Canadians because we're so nice, you know, polite and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, that's because we live in a really cold country. And people that live in cold countries have grown up learning to rely on each other. I mean, not as much anymore. And I don't think Canadians are as polite maybe as they used to be in, in years gone by. But, you know, that neighbor that... that um, that uh, you fight with, he might be the one that comes along when you're stuck and needs to give you a push. Or that person that you pass every day that you've learned to dislike for one reason or another, it, he might be the one that keeps you from freezing to death. So it just naturally comes along that Canadians are much more polite and nice to each other that reason so that's what i'm talking about is putting some effort into getting to know the people right around you right close around you because if you read about disasters and you read about how things can fall apart and you might need to lean on the people that are within i mean kind of like within arm's reach so do that that would be a good exercise to do and then the other thing I talked about uh, before, I talked about finding a person. And this is kind of an exercise that you won't be able to do it until you actually find yourself in a situation where you're disagreeing with somebody politically or philosophically. Uh, and instead of getting into an argument with them, instead of fighting with them just to prove how right you are and yelling and all that stuff, find, instead work a different angle. Find something that you can find common ground with that person with. I mean, even if it's that horrible leftist Karen that shrieks about things, she probably cares about her children or she cares about helping others or she cares about something. Maybe it's cats for all you know. doesn't matter. The goal of the game is to find 
something that you can both agree on or find something to make them think or at least slow down. And that means you're going to have to be non-confrontational completely. Practice pulling back from that, from this war footing that we all find ourselves on. And maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll add something to the world if you can learn to do that and have that skill. But even if it doesn't, even if everything goes completely to hell, it's a good skill to have. And the last one, number three, is... Now, this one, some people are going to have real trouble with. But it's time to learn how to dominate your own flesh. Wow, that sounds wild, eh? Actually, it's biblical. What I mean is separate yourself your soul, from your body, your flesh, in your mind. Two different things. Not two different people, same people, but you have your mind and you have your body. And a good way to do that, and this is the exercise that I want you to do, is start skipping some meals. That's right, fasting. Now I'm going to insert all right here, all this, and then I'll tell you why I'm talking about this. Uh, I'll insert in here all the doctor stuff. Make sure you see your doctor before you do this, even though 99.999% of people don't have to. It might be a good idea to run it past your doctor. And then there's all the health warnings. And then some people can't do it. I mean, some people have, you know, like if they're diabetic, like really badly diabetic, especially like type, what is it? Type 1, type 2? Type 1, I think. They they, they just, they can't do it. They, they have to eat more regular, but... 99.9% of people can skip a few meals. Now, you might say, like, why would I do that? Well, number one, most people in the West eat too much. Number two, most people in the West could stand to lose a few pounds. Number three, we've got this idea in our head that if we miss a meal, that the, the world is coming apart. The sky is going to fall on our heads. It's a good idea to learn that that's not what's going to happen. There's no point in panicking if you have to go without a meal. And, and some people will even panic if they don't have the type of food they like is not available. It's time to start. Well, basically, it's exercising some discipline over your own self. You work slowly at it. You don't like jump in and say, oh, I'm not going to eat for the next two days. No, no. Start just just widening the window where you can eat and opening the window where you don't eat. And when your belly growls at you, growl back. Tell it to find other resources. Tell it to eat some of that donut that's around your midsection instead of the donut that it wants on the plate. You know, there's health benefits to it. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called now, but... The body actually is forced then to find to find building blocks that it needs. It goes in and cleans out your cells and it looks for stray stuff and it, it, it does just fine. You're actually a very resilient, strong machine when it comes right down to it. But you don't do it all at once. You work at it slow. It's just like exercising. It's just like lifting weights. You don't start out with, you know, trying to deadlift 500 pounds. You'll just hurt yourself. You start out really slow. Start skipping a meal here and there. I promise you won't die. I mean, this is even trendy now. This, this is, um, uh, boy, I'm doing really good. I can't remember what they call it now. But fasting once in a while. <clears throat> and it's amazing how long you can go. And it's amazing the sense of accomplishment. 
And it's amazing what it feels like to not be a slave to your own belly. Use common sense, start out slow, but shoot for 72 hours. And when you do eat, eat healthy. And you'll find that's one thing that fasting will do for you is when you do learn to fast, like say you want to do a 24-hour fast, you work your way up to a 24-hour fast, you'll find the last thing that you want to do is go out to a hamburger joint and eat a hamburger or a bag of chips or a chocolate bar. No, you, you will be craving some, the, some of the best food that you can find. Um, so anyway, that's your three steps. Make a, try and make a list of your tribe. Figure out who would be around you if everything goes south. Um, find when you're next time you you find yourself in an argument with somebody, um, find something that's common ground between the two of you, just anything, anything, even if you agree that kittens are cute, doesn't matter. Just, just work it. And it might take, there's some people out there. It might take all your skill and you might fail. Don't, don't, even if you fail once, try it again with somebody else. And number three, learn to have some discipline over your own body. Learn to not be a slave to your belly. So anyway, that's it for another fortnight. Take heart. Mankind has faced many hurdles throughout history. And if you found this interesting and you like it, well, share it with somebody. Tell somebody about it. Um, I'll say it again. You can find me at anomicranger.com. You can send me an email to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. Don't forget to, when you're there, to subscribe and review and like. And learn to let go of your fear. Learn to manage your expectations. And the world will start looking a little different to you. I mean, you got this. And as I always say, keep an edge in your knife. Keep your matches dry. Because life is a one-time adventure. Learn to live it that way. Vea con Dios. Eh? <laughs>